Hey, welcome back to the second place, second podcast where we are crazy passionate about inspiring and empowering you to pursue putting Jesus, home, and others first in your life. We know that your life can change, you belong, and most of all, your story matters. If you're new with us, we release a new second podcast every week, usually. And if this is helpful to you, we would love it if you could share the podcast with your friends and invite them to be a part of the second place community and rate it or review it. That's very helpful for us and gives us more visibility on all on all social media platforms. If you'd like more information, you can head on over to secondplacechurch.com. That's spelled out all letters, no numbers. That site will open you up to everything that's happening at Second Place. My name is AP, and I'm here with Joe. Let's get into some stuff. What's up? This is the this is going to be the last podcast of 2018. Oh my I do gosh, you're right. Unless we get our act together in the next seven days. I mean. Not even. What is it? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Three days. Three okay, days. so I did a 10-hour day at work today, and I am off work for nine days. So, like, thank God. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to do it on Monday. Dude, that's awesome. Anytime during the day, I'm good. Anytime Tuesday during the day, okay. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Joe's pondering. That's that's a good sign. But yeah, let, let me see if we could get one together for Monday. I'd like to have a yeah. guest on, though. Yeah, dude, I would love to have a guest on. We uh we haven't had many uh since we brought the podcast back. Have we? Have we? Had, we've had Matt. It's okay though. It's okay. We've had Dave. Dave. And we've, we've had, had we did Corey, and we did um, what's his name out in Portland? Oh yeah, Stephen Black. Yeah, Stephen Black. Stephen. Yeah. Black with the way yes. it's spelled. Steven. Stephen. Steven, yes. let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I'd love to have a, no, have love a guest on the podcast. It'd be great. All right. Got well, me. let me work on that. Yeah. Let me work on that. Because it's all about stories, man. It's all about the stories of what's going on out there, what God's doing in your life. And God's doing a whole lot out there. He's doing a lot outside of just when I. We don't, I don't mind listening to myself on the podcast, but I'd rather listen to someone else once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, Joe and I are, like, kind of borderline narcissist personality disorder. We do like the sound of our own voice, if I'm being honest. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you don't even deny it. Yeah, there's some truth to that. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Joe, uh, how, how was your Christmas? Well, Christmas was, okay, here's the deal. Christmas was crazy. Um we do a thing every year called the cousins sleepover, yes. which means there's 14, there's 14 kids in the house for 24 hours. And Sarah and I plan mostly Sarah plans, but I, I help her kind of come up with stuff. This year I came up with a wicked awesome game that we did, which was really cool. But basically 14 cousins, 24 hours this year. It was from, Hold on a second. It was from Friday to Saturday. Um, and it was crazy, man. So we did that. But here's what was even crazier about it. Wouldn't you know, one of the ki- one of the cousins got just brutally sick. Awesome. And, like vomitous, vomitous sick on Friday night. Therefore, the snow, like the snowball started to really roll. And it was, uh, there was at least, um, well, one parent got sick and then another, not Sarah, I, but then there was like three more cousins that, that got it as well. 
Um, Not somehow, I, I, I was involved with cleaning a lot up, but I did not get it. So that's pretty amazing. I'm glad. Um, but yeah, so that was that kind of kicks Christmas season or like Christmas weekend, I should say. Um, and then we had service on Saturday night, service on Sunday morning. All about joy. We'll talk about it. Then we had Christmas in Moni, which was amazing. Um, over 200 people coming out, really starting a tradition of having a good time celebrating Christmas really festive and then we had christmas eve service at four o'clock which was amazing as well a good crowd of you know private folks that came out for that it was just really good and so then we got to christmas and it's been kind of like just enjoying the downtime after getting all the sickness out of our house and getting a busy weekend and really a busy month um probably one of the most busiest months of the year if not the busiest month of the year for us is uh the month of december so but um i mean christmas christmas itself was awesome um we give gifts and i try i always try to give more than i get and yeah it was just a it was just a good time um overall how was your christmas it was pretty good um my uh my dad's hilarious because we uh it, it was a pretty busy time, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Kayla came with me to uh, my family's, and um, it was at my grandmother's house. And we were sitting there talking to my dad, and for some reason, out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, you know, Mark's wedding was nice. That's my, my brother. Mark's wedding was nice, but, you know, you had to pack up and travel and go there and all this stuff, which they got him and his wife got married in Lake Tahoe. And my dad was kind of trying to imply, like, you should totally not do that. <laughs> and uh, I was, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's cool. But then for some reason, he he gets on the subject of like, uh, I, I I was I said something about the Grand Canyon and like how massive it is, and he's like, yeah, you know, the Grand Canyon's crazy. People like go there all the time. Dude, people die there, like, all the time. They just fall into the Grand Canyon, and then they're dead. It's like the people that start hiking up mountains and stuff that want to go to, like, like uh, you know, all the all the tallest peaks and stuff, and they, they're they on their way up there, and then there's an avalanche, and then they freeze to death, and then it thaws, and then animals start eating their dead bodies. And Kayla and I are like, what just happened? <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm not exaggerating the story. One bit is the funny part. Yeah, that's pretty scary. I will say, have you been to the Grand I have not made it there yet. I've always wanted to go. But one of my students this okay. past year is from Arizona. And he was he was saying to me, wow. he's like, yeah, dude, the Grand Canyon is really cool. But like, you get there and then you're like, wow, it's a, it's a big hole. Let's go grab lunch. <laughs> That's pretty funny. We yeah. so we've been to the Grand Canyon, and there is obviously a gift gift shop, and a gift store, and here's the thing: there's a book in the bookstore that is literally about what your dad is talking about. Um, That's pretty there's awesome. There's a book about um, there's a book about people who fall into the canyon, and and um, I'm it right now because I'm telling you right now it's a thing um, let me look and see 
boom, boom, here we go, books. Dude, and you're just like, I can't believe that this book actually exists. But I think the reason is because there are so many people that do follow, which is pretty sad, but also, yeah, pretty funny. I mean, it's funny that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're not going to believe this, all right? Are you sitting down? I certainly am. Okay, the book is called Over the Edge, Death in Grand Canyon for the low, low price of twenty four ninety five. The subtitle is Gripping Accounts of All Known Fatal Mishaps in the Most Famous of the World's Seven Natural Wonders. That's pretty magical. That, uh, <laughs> that makes me really happy that all this okay. stuff has been documented. Dude, you have to see the book cover. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's a book cover of the Grand Canyon, picturesque as always, a rainbow, all right, and a human skeleton, like laying in the on the ground. Hmm. Interesting. So, I feel like this is a birthday gift for your dad. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think that he would enjoy it. It wouldn't be sarcastic think... at all. <laughs> I don't know if he'd enjoy it, but at least he would be able to feel good about knowing that what he, he what what he was pontificating about. There's some some good stuff to uh, back it up. Yeah, I'll definitely. send you the link. And buy it today. I'll totally Super. do that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so other than that, Christmas was okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't complain. We, uh, you know, I got to see Kayla's family and stuff too. Which is nice. Her her brother, who has uh, re-enlisted in the, I think it's Army, uh, was in town for Christmas, which is nice. I uh, So yeah, I got to see her whole family. I saw a bunch of my family. I uh, slept in. That was great. I watched my favorite Christmas special, which is the um, Family Guy Freakin' Christmas. Absolutely love that episode. Okay. <laughs> it's from season three. It's so funny. Gotcha. Yeah. I, a lot, a lot of the jokes I'm not gonna say out loud because it's Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not. Too not good. funny. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure it's not a family show. Sure. Ironically, it's not. No. No. It's. But I don't know. I. I still enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Myself, but yeah. Overall, just, it was. Uh, it was I, pretty good. Just, Joe just sent me the link to buy the book. Everyone. I guess I'm going to have to include go. that in the podcast for everybody to, down, to purchase oh. the book on Amazon about dead people at the Grand Canyon. There you go. Yeah. So so Christmas was good. Yeah. Um, there was one question that was raised because of Christmas this year, hmm. though. Okay. So why can't the mailman just take, like, most of the mail that they deliver to your house and just throw it in the trash because that's where it's going to end up anyways. Yeah, um, I think that the reason is because legally, if you mail something, he's got to deliver it. That's stupid. They should just throw out all the junk mail. Well, Or or just there should be a that like, would... a garbage can next to the mailbox. It's It's got a paper shredder on top, and he's just like, He'll hate this one, and then there, and then they just throw it in there. There you go. Yeah. 
Speaking of paper shredders, this is our random thought of the day. Okay. Did you see that that story about the Banksy um, painting that had a shredder in the frame, and somebody bought it for like, bought this. Do uh, you know who Banksy is? I do not know. He's a he's kind of a I don't know a, a street artist who is with people and does all kinds of crazy stuff. There's a there's a documentary about him on, on Netflix, or there used to be, called Exit Through the Gift Shop. But um, anyway, you said Shredder, and it made me think of this story from 2018 that was pretty crazy, where the, his, his, his artwork is highly sought after by many a person. And he had this painting of this little girl with an umbrella, really basic. It was either an umbrella or balloons one of the two and it was at an auction house and it was auctioning off and it, i think it auctioned for 1.5 million and as soon as the auction like solidified that price the painting started to get shredded through the frame the bottom of the frame because there was a shredder that was installed in the bottom of the frame and it was remotely controlled. And when the gavel hit $1.5 million sold, and then the thing just starts to shred. Was this a practical joke or? Yeah. I mean, basically he just is like, you're going to pay one and a half million dollars for one of my paintings. Guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to shred it. And he just, he's just crazy, man. And, uh, yeah, and so that happened. You can look it up on the internet and check it out, but video of it shredding and um, people kind of freaking out a little bit. But um, it's very typical him. He just he he does stuff like that. Yeah, it's, and, it's um, pretty strange. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like he's kind of like that move kind of makes me think like he's like the modern-day Joker. Like, oh, yeah. That's, he's, he's kind of villainous that way. Yeah, crazy but, for the sake of crazy. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of weird. I mean, but the cool. mailman shredding stuff for you is probably not going to happen. You know, the mailman's probably not going to legally be able to shred anything. For Fine, you. whatever. I guess I'll forgive them. It's cool. <laughs> what I yes, do know is yes. that the mailman needs to stop breaking my mailbox. I haven't ooh, lived in my house ooh. for very long. I put a new mailbox on because the last one broke. They already broke my new mailbox. Uh huh. Come on. Dude, that did not take long. No, it didn't. And it's not exactly like, you know, an easy thing to do. It's a mailbox. But anyways, that's besides the point. Joe, what are you into? Okay. So Mary Poppins returns. A little bit into that. Um, I'll say this. I think they kept it pretty cool in terms of like keeping it along the lines of the first one. Um, there's a lot of haters out there, but haters going to hate on stuff, but you know, it was a fun loving movie. Um, I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep at one point for about five minutes, but I, I woke up again, um, into that. And then I would say I'm also pretty proud of the fact that I installed a brand new faucet today, a brand new what? I'm sorry. All by myself with my wife, kitchen faucet. Oh, nice. That's cool. I've done that yeah. before. It's not uh, said, not exactly fun. 
No, it's all I said all by myself with my wife, which was kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, Sarah and I tagged that, and it worked out well. So I was into that, and um, yeah, I'm actually probably on the serious side. I'm into really kind of like finalizing the plan for 2019 for the second place community and for me personally to kind of get my my year mapped out, kind of what my goals are going to be, what I'm hoping to do. Uh, what, what I'm hoping to accomplish personally and professionally and working through all that. And so um, excited to be able to take some time this week and next week to do that. Um, and, and yeah, and still staying connected to people. Um, I met with someone today who just been through kind of going through a dark time, and, um, was able to connect up with him and, and hang out. And um, yeah, Sarah's out right now meeting with someone buddy just hanging out with them and just into their life and learning from them listening to them seeking to be be able to understand like kind of the story and that's kind of what it's all about man just doing life together and, you know trying to see how god's weaving our stories together and what he, he's got up got got for us and all that fun stuff so yeah man how about you what are you into um, so what I'm currently into and, uh, hopefully going to be, you know, jumping into is, um, uh, the 60,000 mile service on my car. So being oh. the, uh, the, the big dork that I am on Christmas Eve, um, I decided to, uh, change my transmission fluid and change my, uh, engine oil. Cause that's apparently what you do on Christmas Eve when you wake up. And then, uh, let's see here, I got to do spark plugs, rear differential fluid, uh, brake fluid, uh, brake hoses, brake pads, brake rotors, um, intake filter, uh, the uh, coolant flush. Got to do all that fun stuff. And uh, for those that remember him, uh, Randall McGill might be stopping by to help me out a little bit. I'd rather just, rather just hang out with him because he's such an awesome dude. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm into. I actually want to get sure. off this podcast, even though we are recording it at 7:25 p.m. on a Friday. I'm probably gonna get my car up on the jacks and stuff in the garage, and uh, at least do the rear diff fluid tonight. Get the wheels off and get the brakes taken apart uh, so that I can uh, put it back together the right way tomorrow. Dude, that's awesome, man. You're old school like that. I need to I need to hang out when you're doing that because that's just a that's just really cool. Well, we're gonna be doing it all day tomorrow. If you wanna swing by, you can also check out my new house and see the second floor now that it's all fixed there up and see the see the studio that I'm sitting in where I record this and apparently have a port network connection, which I'm currently sitting here closing programs on my computer to try and fix that port network connection, but it's not going well. You're good, you're good. We're able to hear you. So yeah, it's, it's mostly like thing, making sure so that I can hear you the right way in the recording on this side. But yeah, so I'm I'm mostly into yeah, yeah. Uh, getting my car all fixed up and uh, and and good to go and you know keeping it optimal. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Thank um, you. Cool. So how do you want to how do you want to roll this uh, this here podcast with these this topic? We talk about we can talk about this past uh, weekend's message on joy. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the one of the first things that you said, I, I, I immediately started taking notes, and uh, I say this kind of jokingly, um, kind of seriously though, and I promise that by the time that I get to the end of this thought, it'll make sense. So 
one of the first things that you said is a wedding can bring you joy and that's a true statement it was kind of funny because then i said in my notes and then subsequently ruin everything after that if uh if things don't go well <laughs> and my point in saying it that way is that you really build into this into the whole entire message but but my point with saying it that way is joy is something that has to be maintained it's not something that arrives one day Mm -hmm. and then sticks around and then stays forever you have to work on it you know it's like the bodybuilders they have to work on it they have to maintain that that body you know my car if you want it to be strong, you have to maintain the car and change the fluids at the right intervals and change the brakes and change the spark plugs, all that stuff. So that's my point in saying yep. it that way, that like it, it can bring you joy, and then if you don't maintain it, it can subsequently ruin absolutely everything about it and cost you more than you could ever possibly imagine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's very true. I think the... Uh, the misnomer for joy is that it just is something that um, is something that just happens to you. Or again, I think the biggest difference for me that joy makes in our life is that it's a choice that we make versus something that ha- happens to us. I think that was the biggest big idea that was on Sunday was that, you know, joy is something that is so, is so tricky in our, our world today because everything is built on you know, gratification and happiness and getting all that as fast as possible and not, um, not having to work at it, not having to choose it, but just really having it happen or working to get it to happen. And, you know, I think the choice of joy is really where I wanted to hang and hopefully say something familiar in an unfamiliar way, which is my goal every weekend is to try to on something that yeah joy um yeah it's it's a choice yeah yeah definitely dude and and some things can bring you joy like a wedding can bring you joy uh and then a wedding you know a marriage thereafter can bring you down sometimes Mm -hmm. and so i think i think whether or not our joy hangs with us is dependent upon what we put our joy into. Yeah. And if we put joy in a person or an institution or, you know, a job, you know, those things ultimately fall short. What I said in the hope week, which was, you know, what are you putting your hope in will determine whether or not your hopes are fulfilled. Joy, same thing. Yeah. What else stood out to you about that message? I mean, one I'm, of the I'm big things. Yeah, one of the things that big things that stood out to me. I can't remember if it was this connect if this particular um, message or, or or another one about joy that that happened maybe the week before. But the part where you said, um, the, uh, uh, what is it? A, a lack of joy in your life. What what's the actual term? I I can't seem to find in my notes where I put it. But basically, like not having joy in your life is the is thinking that the next day won't be any different than the current day, or it's not going to be yeah. any better. <clears throat> I yeah, think that that's one uh, of the big things that the... stood out to me, and it stood out to me because I think 
with me is there are certain days, uh, given my career and the path that I was on for a long time to where it's not that I think that the next day might not be better. It's that I, like, I know uh, tomorrow's not going to be any different than today, even if I try. And I was trying so hard to make the next day even better than the day before and still wasn't getting anywhere. And it was just, you know, really frustrating and really does suck the joy out of life. And, uh, I yeah, think that, that, yeah. that that's one of the things that I grapple with right now with my job that like it doesn't matter how hard I try I'm not going anywhere there mm-hmm. like in a bad way you know and so it's just hard to have that joy when you go to a job where you know eh, I'm not moving up I'm stuck again Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's really interesting. I mean, I think that that's probably where a lot of people are at. And so how do you deal with that? Are you trying to figure that out right now? I'm trying to figure that out. The current way that I'm dealing with it, which I'm not saying is right, is uh, I grip my teeth and just do my job. It's just Mm -hmm. uh, what what I was saying to Kayla recently, which kind of going back a while when you were doing a message on... um, children and how they grow up you know that whole entire series which that was a phenomenal series you were saying how a lot of parents will say oh you know it's just a phase you'll be fine and that's the point it is just a phase and so there's the vast majority of my life has turned into i just need to get through this phase and get on to the to the next phase in my life and that just really drains the joy out of you and i'm not saying that's right but like that's kind of what i've learned and that's kind of how I cope it's just okay well, I'll just get through this and get, and get to the next thing you know and then I get to the mm-hmm. next thing it's like okay I'm gonna get through this and get to the next thing and like I find myself in the cycle of doing that repeatedly and it's just like okay th- this is dumb this has to stop how on earth do I change it how on earth do I stop it because this is ridiculous mm. yeah well I think this is this is where I was saying at the end of the message, this is the work of a Christian. Yeah. This is the work of the follower of Jesus. How do you go to a job every day where you literally are convinced that tomorrow is going to be exactly the same as today and that there is no hope, if you will, for anything to be different? It's going to be more of the same. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there that are listening to this that have been in the same job for 30 years. And it's been like that. And I think the the question that I have and that I tried to, I, I didn't answer, which was how do you maintain joyful? How do you choose joy when you don't feel it? When you don't see any reason to be joyful? Yeah. And I said... I don't have the answer to that, but I know that in that scripture in Romans, it talks about the fact that when we are trusting in the Lord, that somehow the God of hope fills us with joy and peace as we trust him. And and it's through the power of the spirit of God inside of us. So some secret that God has to joy Involves the 
spirit involves trusting God. And I think it has to do with being with him and close to him and, and listening and knowing that your job isn't the end of the story. Your, your finish line is nowhere near this job. Your finish line is way down the road. And even when you cross the finish line, it's still not over because God is that awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's that big picture stuff that, um, is really awesome. That is what's supposed to drive us to have that joy. But man, doesn't it seem like you can be kind of fake, you know, you go there when it's like, oh no, it's going to be okay because, well, Jesus loves me and someday I'll be with him. And some people feel like they're being really fake when they say that. What do you, do you, do you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do that feel that to, uh, to be perfectly honest. I, uh, I think that my problem is that I got to this point of where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to fake this anymore. I don't want to fake this anymore. I, I just want to be honest with people. And I think that a lot of Christians have gotten to that point. The problem is that they haven't responded in a very mm-hmm. good way. Cause I've heard, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. Christians that talk about the, um, let me tell you, it really bothers me, but they started talking about how, how they're, uh, deconstructing their faith whatever the heck that means Mm -hmm. and then they're substituting it with this really bad theology that makes absolutely no sense and i think that that's where where it gets dangerous with the lack of joy in people's lives um stephen black actually put it in the perfect words i've never heard it before he said it but it's the perfect words of people feel their way into theology Mm. And I think that that's a yeah. scary thing repeat, with the lack re- of joy. Repeat that again. Um, people feel their way into theology. So rather than basing their theology mm. on what Scripture says, um, mm-hmm. they say, well, this is how I feel, so that must be how God feels. No. Mm-hmm. that's I, Man, if that was true, that'd be awesome. Because... Mm-hmm. I know I don't portray it very well. Um, I've kind of been taught to taught growing up to just cover up my feelings and not let anybody know about them. But um, mm-hmm. I uh, I have all of those feelings that I think everybody else feels, just really amplified. Um, mm. And it's really uh, it, it's really hard on me. But that doesn't mean that those feelings are necessarily speaking truth. Yeah, I think what's what's interesting to me is, again, why, why is it okay? So why is it that you um, that this is that this is a struggle for you that you've been taught to hold your feelings in that having joy and choosing joy is difficult? Here's part of the reason why because it's part of what God's working out. Uh, I'm sorry that you cut out. Can you repeat that? Yeah. That it's, it's something that God is working out in you. Mm. 
it's it's a part of you working out your salvation. It's a part of me working out my salvation. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't look exactly the same way. I can't give you an answer as to how to make your your job any better, um, apart from saying like trusting God, allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to give you insight into that close to Him. But what is it that makes you different from the guy in the cube next to you who feels the exact same way but doesn't follow Jesus? Yeah. What's the difference? What difference does Jesus make in your life if you both are showing up to a similar job in one cube apart and you both feel the exact same way? I think the work of the follower is to begin to live into what makes it different for you than for him. And it may require unraveling an entire lifetime of having been told not to go, not to share your feelings and to bottle them up and to not have joy and to be cynical and to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that what, what, sometimes what we want is we want that magic pill or that, you know, that, you know, just way for Jesus just to come in and make everything so awesome. And I do believe that there's supernatural work that God does. He treats us as a new creation. He, he redeems us. He rejuvenates us. He comes, he takes us from being in darkness into light, but sometimes we don't live it that way. And we don't even, it's because we don't understand it. We don't, we don't have a full grasp of what that is. And I think that then you live like you live in a down repressed situation for long enough and you give up. Yeah. Uh, you know, this thing is how I was cracked up to be. Maybe, maybe really pursuing my own desires would be better off. Maybe that's what I should do. And I was just reading an article about, that deconversion de stories are very prevalent now, and it's a primary way that people are falling away from the faith is because of um, pe- people, sometimes prominent, sometimes not, people who unpack the reasons why they have unconverted from Christianity and now are not believers anymore, or they believe it, believe something a little different than what is traditionally taught in church. And it's partially because of the, the prevalence of social media and just the, the willingness of people to get out there and tell their story. I mean, a lot of times, you know, in the past when people would be like, you know what, I'm not feeling anymore, they would they would say, you know what, I'm just not going to go to church. I'm going to go do my thing. Well, now with social media, it's like, I'm not going to go to church anymore, and I'm going to tell my story to all my called friends or strangers that are friends on Facebook or other social media platforms, and I'm going to basically tell my whole story to thousands of people about how I don't go to church anymore. And I think that that can chip away at our, our belief that 
something really different in our lives. That the Holy Spirit is real, is powerful, and he empowers us from within to, to live differently, to believe differently, to think that there is a chance that there is something better, that God can redeem any situation. And, and that's our work. And when the work gets hard, it's when it gets really easy to bail. Yeah. It gets really easy just to punch the, the clock when you get to church. I'm here, I'm out. I'm here, I'm out. And you can you can only do that for so long before it becomes powerless. And anyway, what's going through your head when I'm talking on my soapbox like that? <laughs> I think you're exactly right in saying all of that. It's it's not a soapbox. I mean, it's it's good. It's true because the thing that I've seen is um I think that you're right when you're talking about how um, it's kind of God's pruning in our life. And I think that there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people that got into the pruning phase with God. And then rather than saying, oh, yeah, this is God working on me. This is God pruning things out of my life that shouldn't be there. They took it as this is the deconstruction of my faith. And uh, now I'm using their terms. I'm not I'm not making that up. But they say, this is mm-hmm. the deconstruction of my faith, and we need a new Christianity. No, no. God's mm-hmm. God's the, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What it's saying is that the same God of the Old Testament, the New Testament, and everything after that, it's the same God who's been trying to do the same things in each and every single one of our lives. If you really think that, you know, 2,000 years after Jesus walked this earth— Things are just magically different. Uh, no. No, they're, they're not. But Jesus say, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's to me, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Yeah, that, that if hasn't changed. Trouble, if you're going to if you if I had trouble as, as the son of God, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I think, think my big thing with what I was saying with all this is the fact that they get into the pruning phase, you know, or, or the God's chisel phase or whatever it is. And what I think a lot of people miss is the part where God's like, okay, we're, we gotta, we're going to be removing some things from your life. We're, we, we, when you prune, mm-hmm. you still leave the plant there. When you chisel, you still right. leave the core there and people mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. light the bush on fire or shatter the core mm-hmm. of the thing and then there's right. just a million pieces everywhere and they're like this is my faith now what is it right it's i don't mm-hmm. even mean but it's it's nothing right yeah and yeah i think it's um I think I think this is this is the crux of the issue for us in this generation. Is um, I think that the ways that people are connecting with God and the people, the ways that people are are, are um, finding community and faith in community and doing life together. I think that the, some of those ways that that's happening are fundamentally changing. Oh yeah, and I think that. You know, we're trying at second place to understand that and to find 
and figure out how to partner with the Holy Spirit to bring people together in ways that works today versus what worked 20 years ago. And, you know, for those that are, you know, that are wrestling with joy and have given up on faith and, you know, those types of things, I think that they're saying, like you had said earlier, like, we need a new Christianity, we need a new faith. And I think that the way that I would say it isn't that, is I would say there's been a lot of things that the church has tried that didn't work or mm-hmm. that worked at one time and don't then don't work anymore. And I think that, you know, trying to acknowledge that and not throw out, you know, some of our, some of our cornerstone beliefs and, and our, our cornerstone approaches and understandings of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and how pursuing Jesus is still the thing. It's how we do that, that, you know, like, I don't know, just, just trying to figure out things like small groups and, you know, our, uh, our equipment classes and our services on the weekends and all this stuff, like all of it is at this point in time, because the world is so much because there's so much fighting against us we're constantly experimenting and praying about okay god what what is it this week that's going to really ignite something underneath us to really go out and live this thing and not be fake about it yeah you know to, to live it in a way like this is real man like i've i have been talking to those the, the creator of the universe about my, my life and I'm going into work today, and it's the same old garden as it always is. But my somehow my worldview and the backdrop of my life is different than the guy in the next cube to me. If he's not decided to follow God yet, it's the work, man. And and yeah. it's just so hard because not a lot of us want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I mean, in our, in our culture, basically, if you if you stub your toe, take a Motrin. If you have a cold, take you know, um, NyQuil, if you have allergies, Benadryl, if you have a headache, take a Tylenol, if you have a rash, get some lotion, if you, you, I mean, it's true, you're right, everything, man, everything is solved with a pill or something that you can just buy over the counter, get a prescription for, and it better make me feel better quick, and life throws things at you that there is not a pill for when you when you've dealt with all the relational insanity that you went through there was no prescription that you could go get that would have fixed that relationship amen to that. the only way to fix that the only way to fix that relationship was for you to get enough to be able to survive mm-hmm. and you and you did and you might say by the skin of your teeth, but look at how God's redeeming your story. Oh my gosh, yes. If that's not caught, if that's not cause for joy, I don't know what is. Uh, um, but I think that there being that everything that we have around us is about we have a problem. Oh, problem. We can get we can deal with that. And it's interesting. A buddy of mine just got um, diagnosed with colon cancer. Oh, and, and uh, 
Yeah, and it's early, early, and you know they're going to operate and all that stuff. And when that kind of diagnosis comes, what, what? Well, we can try chemo. You know, in his case, thank God, it's you know it's a it's a good thing. You know, his story isn't isn't one where it's like stage four. You know, it's it's kind of like not not a lot of hope here. But the point of the matter is, is like someone who is diagnosed with a with a horrible disease that there is no pill for how do they hold on to joy i think that that's the work that we have to do and when life is going away and we don't have any of that stuff going on i was just talking to somebody the other day um you know we're on cruise control for most of our life for a couple of reasons because things are going good and the second is because we're not persecuted for our beliefs yeah. If we were persecuted for our beliefs the way that Christians are persecuted in other countries, we would completely change our priorities. And we would completely change the way that we live together on the weekend if we were meeting in the warehouse under the cover of darkness, hoping that there was no police outside that were ready to you know, bash the door in. Yeah. We would be changing the way we pray. We would be changing the way we interact with each other. We would change the way that we read the Bible. We would be changing kinds of stuff. But because we don't have that, those pressures, we don't have the pressure of dire straits or we don't have the pressures of persecution, we put it on cruise control. And we're like, yeah, they're all good. Yeah. I think you're right in saying that. And I, it, I, yeah, I know that I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago how um, when I was growing up, um, the church that I went to, one of the things that they excelled in is um, telling people, don't just come here and hear a message. Bring your Bible with. You know, you're, you're going to school, bring your Bible with. You're going to work, bring your Bible with. It's the sword of the Spirit. And it, I, I haven't heard that in so long. And, you know, we hand out Bibles every week. I think that's good. But I kind of want to start a campaign and be like, hey, this this thing is so important. This is literally the most sold and most read book in the entire world. And there's a really good reason for that. And we should probably take it more seriously. I also get really, and I think that you're starting to get at, you know, what the thing that really makes me upset is the fact that there are so many people that say, well, you know, the Bible, it's not the inner word of God. It's not important. How do you call yourself a Christian if you say that? Right. And, like, I know people get mm-hmm. mad and are offended by that statement. I have yet to find an answer, though. It, you can't have one without the other. You know, you, you can't be a Muslim without the Quran. You can't be a Jew without the Old Testament. It, right. it just doesn't make any right. sense to me. Right. Yep. No, I think I think those are all the things that chip away at at our faith and chip chip away at our joy and chip away at our hope, and you know I, I you know as I'm thinking about it and kind of in a way, kind of like rounding out the the whole thing. I think for me the question really becomes is if I was listening to this podcast, we're like, all right, guys, so what am I supposed to do? I think that it's a commitment saying. And you get to the place where you say, okay, God, I just want to, I want to learn how to live a life that's an overcoming life. 
I want to live. I want to learn how to live a life that's choosing joy more often than not. Like just not even saying that I'm a figure out tomorrow, just committing to that and saying, this is the type of person I am. I want to learn. I want to go for, for it. And then getting around other people that want to do the same thing. And that's, you know, why we offer small groups in January. That's why we're, we're amping up for that is because we want people to with others that are trying to say to God, I'm making the commitment that I want to learn because ain't no, nobody's got it figured out this side of, of heaven. Yeah. And what, you know, being people are, ask the question, are you a person for the long haul that 20 years from now, when your body is falling apart and you don't have a lot, you have less time ahead of you on this than you have behind you. Are you going to still be living for God? Are you still going to be learning and trusting him? Is that a thing? Have you thought long-term that way? What do you want said about you when you're gone? Yeah. Oh man, you know what? Here's this point in time when AP went to second place and like on fire, he did the second podcast and then like he kind of went off the rails, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, him and Kayla got married and you just kind of heard from him again, you know, I don't really know. Like he just, just seemed, or is it going to be, man, he was, he was the, the, this passionate guy that just never wanted to stop learning to the day he died. He was trying to say, okay, what is this? That, what, what, what is this? This faith, man, how does this work out? And like Deal Moody, I said it on Sunday. Deal Moody was like, "Hey, man, the day that that you hear that I'm that I'm dead, don't don't you believe a word of it because that's gonna be when I'm more alive than ever." Yeah. Like that dude was in it for the long haul. He was looking to the end in the middle of his ministry, and he was saying stuff like that. Yeah. That's the kind of guy that I want to be. I'm working on it. I'm not there yet, but you know, those are some questions for us to wrestle with as we're we're trying to go deeper in this top joy, you yeah. know, every, every podcast we try to go a little deeper. Um, so yeah, just some th- thoughts to round it out. What are your thoughts to round it out? Same. Uh, my thoughts to round it out is actually, I was listening to voice of the martyrs podcast and, um, mm-hmm. they did China week, which is what it sounds like. It was just, an interview with a bunch of different people and stories that currently live in China and, you know, they're cracking down more on, I don't want to say Christianity, they're cracking down on religion as a whole. So Muslim, Mm -hmm. Christian, Jew, and, and Buddhist, anything, they're just cracking down on religion in general. And, um, there's this guy who, uh, they found out, um, well, he, he was saying, I'm I'm here to distribute God's word and preach God's word. I don't really care what the police have to say. If they're not the authority, God is the authority. And if I get mm. uh if I get jailed for preaching the gospel, well, so be it. And then I don't want to say who, but I have friends here that say um you know, I've I've come to take a break 
from Christianity, and I just don't think that the uh, the Bible is all that important. I just want to be like, how much more arrogant do you want to be? Why don't you go say that to God? Good, good, good luck with that. Mm. You're gonna need it, and I'm not saying that it's correct of me, but I think that that's where right. my joy is being sucked out. Watching so many people that, like you, watching so many people that were that guy that you were talking about that's on fire and genuinely on fire, not like a fake for a little bit on fire, but genuinely on fire, and then it just fizzles out there like, yeah, whatever. It's not, yeah, whatever. There's people literally yeah. going to prison preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Those are the guys that are filled with joy, and that's, I just want to know how, how I can be like that. Yep. Well, I think um, that's why you and I balance each other out a little bit. And I think that's part of the work that God has for you to do. Because here's what I'll tell you. person that says that, that's like, oh, yeah, you know the Bible, no big deal. I don't really care about it anymore. Uh, it's, I'm over it. I think what we have to remember is something that I've podcast many times since we've reintroduced it, mm-hmm. is that that is work that they are, that they have to do in order for them to become who God wants them to be, which is going to be someone who is going to respect the the word of God or who is going to um, add to their life. I think yeah. that what your rea- your reaction to get upset is, I mean, it, it's partially kind of like how you're wired and, and it's kind of like a righteous indignity indignity or righteous, um, you know, uh, holy discontent. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that the, the boundary for, for us is to say, I can't do the work that they need to do in order for them to come to a place where they need to come to, to realize that what they're saying is wrong or what they're saying saying is not in a um in a with what i think is right and i think that asking god to say what's my part in their story to say am i able to speak words of truth and words of life into them so that they can continue to think about what they're saying and what they're doing and 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 at the end of the day release them and say hey man bottom line is you're a big you're a big you're a you're, you're a grown adult do what you need to do Um, don't, don't give them the power to take your joy. Don't give, don't release power to them and give them the power to rob your hope and rob you of your, of your joy that really isn't yours to, to really, uh, uh, to lose on their behalf. You know, why would you let that happen? I think that that's the hard boundary, um, especially, when you have something a fire in your stomach when somebody says something like that, really, really come. Yeah. So yeah. More One of the working. wisest things that I ever heard at the church I was growing up at was uh remember AP, mm-hmm. God has no grandkids. And what he was trying to say to me was, uh, you work on your salvation, they'll they'll work on theirs. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to see people walk away. It's hard to in you know, I think my goal is always to stay at the table and stay in the conversation. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's really where kind of like drawing that boundary in a way that doesn't, you know, 
burn bridges is is, is tricky to do. Mm-hmm. Extremely. So, well, man, this has been good. We should probably wind it out, though, man. Yeah, I'm probably. Feeling. I'm I feeling. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. That sounds that sounds really car. good. This is a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun in the garage when it's uh, I think it's like 32 degrees out. Sweet. It's not too cold. Not yeah, too it's cold. It it's n- it's not t- it's, it's not negative ten. Thank God. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, uh, mostly just need to get the car up on on jack stands tonight and uh, get some stuff taken apart. It shouldn't shouldn't be too bad. I don't have the world's biggest garage, but uh, I don't know. There's worse things in life. At least I have a garage, dude. Am I right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. All right. So what are we going out on? What are we going out on, dude? I don't even know. That's... Sixty thousand mile. 60,000 mile maintenance yeah yeah <laughs> there you go love it so so basically if, if you're out there doing the 60,000 mile maintenance on your vehicle and it's up on on blocks man um put your hand in the middle because that's what we or do or right if you like walked out of some place and your house is on blocks because somebody stole your rims you can be like well i might as well take advantage of this and do a 60,000 mile maintenance Wait, did Even you say I don't have your house is on blocks? No, the car is on blocks. I mean, you, you could live in your car, maybe. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> no, that's crazy. I like it. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, if you're if you're feeling sick and vomitous, put your hand in the middle, you yes. know? Um, yeah, if you're uh, watching Your poor Mary kids Poppins, and nephews and nieces, man. Yeah. If you're, if you're watching Poppins right now, put your hand in the middle. Yeah, which would be weird. It would be weird that you're watching a movie in a theater and listening to this podcast. Wouldn't put Pat our our diehard fan. You know what else is weird? Because you know when this comes out, the fact that Joe is currently holding a lighter for some reason. Uh, Joe's just getting ready to torch, and he's using it. Joe's getting ready to torch his house. It's fine. (laughs) No big deal. I I have I have this candle that it's amazing that I that I. That I love, that awesome. I just cedar magnolia. Yes. Oh, that, that actually it does sound smells, really nice. Did you by any chance get nice. that while you were in uh, Colorado? No, but I would imagine I it smells smell like Colorado, though. Colorado. Yeah, it does. It does actually. Um, so on the count of three, we go in and we say sixty thousand mile maintenance. Yes. It's probably the weirdest one that we've done so far. Uh, it's up there for sure. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hands in the middle. Here we go. One, two, three. Stay